0: Welcome to the Burgage Hall and to event number 13, auspicious for all the right reasons. <laughs> I'd like to start by thanking Arts Council England as the main funder of the Ledbury Poetry Festival. We're very grateful for their support. This event is, is presented in partnership with the Poetry Translation Centre, and we have here their commissioning editor, Ed Doger, and Yu Yo-Yo on her first visit to the UK, and A.K. Blakemore, the winner of the Ledbury Forte Prize for the second collections. So will you join me in welcoming them to the stage? Thank you.
1: Um, So, uh, as, as Carol already said, and I'm, I'm Ed Dogo, I'm from the Poetry Translation Centre, and we're really grateful to Ledbury for putting on this event, um, to Chloe, Carol and Philippa and everyone here. It's been, it's been lovely so far. Um, the PTC was set up in 2004 by the poet uh, Sarah Maguire with the intention of translating the best poetry from Africa, Asia and Latin America, into English, um, and we've tried to do that in two different ways. In, the, in, in one, through workshops where we um, collaboratively translate poems using uh, the skill and expertise of a translator, guest translator from one of those languages, and a poet facilitator, to everyone in the room translate uh, a. a poem that often hasn't ever been translated into English before. And the other route is through our publications and I'm delighted to say that uh, Yu Yoyo is the, f- the first uh, Chinese poet that we've ever translated to publication stage and the second poet in our new series, World Poet Series. So these books are seven pounds, available at the back and um, they bring together a leading UK poet with a leading bridge translator. And uh, in this case, that's A.K. Blakemore, uh, alongside Dave Hayson, who himself is a literary translator from the Chinese. And um, the books create the original poems in a living, breathing English translation. And they're introduced and contextualized by the, by the bridge translator and then they have an afterword by another leading English-language poet, in this case Rebecca Tamash, who responds to the translations and thinks about where they take us and how they feel from an English-poetry point of view. Uh, we came to translate E.O.'s uh, poetry because it was discovered in, in our translation workshops. Uh, Claire Pollard, who's here today, was the poet facilitator alongside Dave Hayson, who was the British translator then, and the translator on, on this project as well. Um, and when we were looking around for who we should publish this, this year, and thinking who would be appropriate, I was looking through all of the poets on our, on our website, where all of the poems are available. And Yo-Yo's really struck me as, being in some sense unfathomable. I, I knew what was going on, I felt them, but I could in no sense paraphrase it. And that seemed like an exciting thing to uh, learn more about. So I spoke to Dave Hayson, who's the, uh, the, the translator, and we Skyped to learn more about Yo Yo's poetry. And it felt that the right person to to pair him with would be A.K. Blakemore, who is similarly talented and uh, also has two award-winning collections out. Um, So the format of the evening, or just the format of the day, will just be um, me very briefly now (laughs) introducing the two poets, handing over the poems will be read first in Chinese, then in English, and then we'll follow that with a quick, Um, Q&A, where first I'll ask a couple of questions, then you'll you'll get an opportunity to ask questions too. Yu Yoyo's a highly acclaimed poet in in the Chinese. She's had two collections, Seven Years and Mia's Bait, and won numerous prizes, uh, as well as being a Vermont Studio Fellow in 2017. A.K. Blakemore um, is, is... as you know, wonderfully acclaimed <laughs> and as recently prize-winning uh, poet whose book Fondue came out uh, just last year through Offord Road Press. Um, and the, the missing part here, the missing link, in, is Dave Hayson, who, as I said, is himself a literary translator and was managing editor of Pathlight, which I can really recommend as a magazine to learn about um, Chinese poetry in, translated into English. So I'll hand over to these wonderful poets. Please welcome them to the
2: <laughs> Thank you for coming. I read my poetry in Chinese. The first one. La 要成為少女用純潔的眼光去修補垮掉的過去插上鮮花他們不想回到往昔在監視中堆放廢棄的愛人和制度他們留在此刻此刻在他們旁邊零點鐘聲響起他們開著自己的門 When I grow
3: up, I want to be a girl Fixing the past with my spotless glance Legs and waist hang, showcased Arranging cut flowers innocently licking the lid of new year the bodies glow and tautness in the taste of wine they do not want to return to stacking discarded lovers and systems under supervision Waste deep in the moment midnight strikes and the girls steer themselves into port
2: 晃的轉調階街头的烤鱼垫 Lao Di Fang Cholo Yung Sway The Grilled Fish Place still open and this entire
3: street seems high Perforate the fish belly to season the thought of death. Lithe, slippery body flipping side A, side B. Chopsticks peeling the skin so the soul can be free. It's over now. Sway. Completely naked. Let the drunks puff air at their staggering friends. Put the skull in a wheel crushed over and over. Stopper the isolation up in a bottle. The people who want to die haven't. But move along in this glazed rut, picking out the bones as they go toward the soft moon at the end of the street, rekindling who killed you. Excuse
2: me, could I make hold her head up when she speaks? Sure. So we can hear. Yes. <laughs> I, I can start. Yeah. Baba. Baba. Shunha was <laughs> 这样，我空出来的身体，你正好可以住进去。不需要墓穴，不再有孤独症患者来取走我。没有另一个女人恨我。爸爸，你可以把我制作成床，做我的统治者。妈妈也不认识我，我被压在身下，不认识你们。爸爸，梦快醒了，我要睡觉了。爸爸 二十一岁,就要死了。Dad.
3: Dad, Dad, sentence me to death. So you can live inside my tenantless body, and will not need a tomb. The lonely obsessives won't come to marry me away, and there will be no other woman hating me. Dad, you can make me into bed, be the ruler of me. Mum doesn't know me, like I don't know either of you when I'm held down under a body. Dad, I woke up dreaming that I went to sleep, that I died at 21.
2: 腕牛, 鬍子是沒有用的, 把太陽挑破, 白天还是热得发胀然而一颗一颗全部都弹回了天上
3: Stay Your beard is expendable Pop the sun and let the pus drip out Hot enough by day to cause swelling It bounces through the crowds Bounces on the bridge Bounces in the room We are afraid it might bounce onto the bed And open up our legs But it hasn't opened anything yet it just stands there close to you i'm giving you a trim and the beads of sweat on your stubble so neatly strung so sparkling they bounce into the sky one by
2: one 我冷冷的不只一次劝你從飛機上跳下來像皮球一樣像白天的溫度一樣跳下來不要那麼慌張 不要带着欺骗, 跳下來 四肢张开, 像作爱那样, 你在上, 大地在下, I
3: ask coldly and repeatedly that you jump from the plane like a rubber ball like the temperature of day jump now just relax stop lying Spread your limbs like you're making love. You on top. The earth underneath. Coldly, I thought
2: you could jump down. In you are already my We are people you 我剪去糖, 以成义面粉, 我厨以大米, 3.
3: In actuality, we are already joined, two pointless people. You boiled beef slices and they tasted good, my fried eggs and tomato, terrible, a balance unrealistic. You added salt, I took away the sugar. I divided
2: the rice you multiplied by flour. Meaningless signifiers. I
3: For my hope that things will not be so unbearable. It will be possible to keep the light on. It will be possible to remain clothed. I will unknow how you touched your hands to the bodies of other women and the swelling waters of the lazar that in your eyes the Badlands of the Aksu were moistened by girl, and you will unknow the dark heart in the deepest part of me, just the light clothes floating in
2: your arms. You 现在只有与星星接壤的地方能让我坦诚。我没有去过越南，也不打算原谅你的梦。Five.
3: You said you were dreaming. Dreamed that you were cruising for girls in Vietnam. Don't know if it was Hanoi or Saigon, maybe Dalat, maybe somewhere you can't find on a map. Now star-fringed lands make me candid. I have never been to Vietnam
2: nor do I intend to forgive this dream. You Six You
3: rent a boat Prepare to drift from one city to a further city This boat of yours, its hull adheres to the water Force them apart and find a sucking wound If a wave doesn't capsize you, turbulence will a rope twisted
2: round the boatside, side Destines us to pull from the bed two drenched human lives I that Seven.
3: I find myself funny. Dirty joke with Chaser knocks me upside down in seconds. And I feel bad, actually. center of gravity off like an empty bottle, wavering out of daylight, down railroad tracks into cast-off consciousness. I have this moldering moon, and will soon lose sight.
2: Of these pleadings to stay. Kongchen Ba it's Town
3: Carry loneliness on your shoulder from the navel upward void. Collapse, the physiological necessity of drinking a glass of water. This, the total inundation of your torso's empty chamber. You're like a pier, wrapped in sounds of arrival and departure. The people on TV violating one another while you remain just intact and a little bored. The debauchees don't stop here retrocede under bodily impulse, fewer and fewer people in the city, gradually replaced by an expanse of water.
2: 夜游症,你出生前的结构被画在床单上, 出生后的性格被钉在墙壁上, 你出生时穿越了一年中最长的黑夜, 只为了第二次的出生, 你向上寻找乳房, 天亮的时候, 天黑的时候,
3: Sleepwalking Your fetus tinting the sheets Your adult personality tacked to the wall. Being birthed from the years longest darkness made the second birth less difficult. You grope upward for the breast. Downward for the footprints. Under a bright sky, you
2: look like your father. Under dark, your mother. It's at 3 o'clock, 借来高兴的你哟, Two. At three
3: o'clock in the morning, you put your arms around a tree, because there's no one to put their arms around you. They're noisily pissing in the Funan River, drowning the squeal of vomit in the flower beds. The remainder count the proof of their liquor, a little muddled by the time they get to fifty-two. They were a liver and gore, and a reason to be cheerful. Take you away from yourself. Take your
2: birthday cake as well. 3. On
3: the ride out to sleep, you had relations with the ferry boat. Will this result in pregnancy? The girl's all circadian hormone, but you're not cramping up or impelled to lie down. You just want to sit on a steep embankment, watching buildings and moonlight slip into the Jialang River. When you stand, water spills from your crown.
2: 说起之前居住过的城市, I 伤心是你用来造一座桥的材料。你要到对岸去度过晚上, you, the Next, you can be careful to Four.
3: Talking about cities you used to live in, your sorrow seems superfluous. You built a bridge out of that sorrow and crossed to give your body to someone lustreless. Afterward, found it easier to pin the sorrow down, came to an understanding through the pangs that aside from the bridge,
2: this city has nothing. 7月的某天,牙齒的咬合度就在這裡呈現一個直角。蜜汁烤排骨,老油粉,冰神前平,通通都進入到沒有照明的胃中。你的飽腹感, 有時是因為對饕餮的滿足, 有時是因為燈光的填充。Five
3: Spend all summer running straight as backbone until you find your ass downtown again. Chongshan Street with its straight lines of scorched pastry on Day in July, mastications, geometry, honey roast ribs, lao noodles, Bing Shen desserts, all enter the aphotic belly. Your sense of society, sometimes derived from the thrill of escape, sometimes from the mallow of lamplight.
2: 国庆线在你的身后吞咽着洪水你与危险之间隔着八个太阳和一亿小时时差你要去的地方车子继续向南开天色暗淡你就该停下来
3: Six You're driven to a place called Hulung At your back, the national border a gullet of floodwaters. You put eight suns and a one-hour time difference between yourself and danger. You want to go somewhere the clouds dry faster. Driving south, the sky becoming overcast. The place the clouds incorporate is where you want to stop.
2: 环劍湖把水下到天上。你绕着环劍湖走,也想到天上去。天上的水反过来下到你身上。your blown pulls away. out the Kim bears its waters up to the sky. Walking the
3: banks, you wish you could rise with them. But the waters in the sky release on your body Until you're so wet you only know gravity Nowhere you can go in your Ho Chi Minh sandals They're so proud of here Pacing under the eaves, struggling to sleep You think of the south The flowing Mekong River Yet to soak your clothes
2: You have the engine The mountain is not yet The mountain is as high as you 有时候倾斜着 你坐在他面前, 他做菜给你吃, 你点燃发动机离开, 黑暗, 8
3: You still have the engine, but not the plateau. The plateau grew as tall as you, and sometimes canted to scatter at its feet the pine forests and elegant chalets. You met a Japanese man, and then daylight was lost to you, sat opposite him as he prepared food, every bite like hauling limitless darkness. You start the engine to go and spend the whole journey thinking, darkness is truly a delicious thing.
2: What Nine.
3: The train is coming on its crippled legs with its torturous roots. The train is always coming, merchandising a shredded milky way to insomniacs. You sleep in a little house beside the tracks, waiting for your own condition. And when the train comes, trade a chip a pair of legs for that little scrap of galaxy.
2: 你直言要去坐船, Dalotilla, you
3: In the dream, your ears drowned. You travel by boats to rescue them. But all you scoop from the water is a distant voice, little hunchback voice, that says with its last strength, I've made the bed. Dinner's on the table. I've received some letters. Changed the light bulb. It was the last day of summer. The door left open a crack. That little hunchback straightening up incrementally.
2: I 11. Outside the window, autumn shadows. Not yet.
3: But there is a presence hidden in the heart. One you returns from the wild night. One you crawls out from the body. They meet, nestling in the moats, falling onto your eyelashes, soundlessly.
1: so much for that. That was really, really wonderful. Um, and even though I'm sitting on the stage, I managed to get totally lost in it. So <laughs> definitely wonderful. Um, so I'll take a moment to recover. <laughs> um, I, we'll, we'll have a Q and A, which I'll open up to everyone. But to start with, I'll ask a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'd like to start <laughs> with, with you, Yo-Yo, yeah. and, and just ask how it feels to listen to Amy read your poems in English. How that is as an experience for you?
2: Yeah, I like her reading. Okay. <laughs> um, I think she understands me. Uh, the rhythm, the speed, voice is uh, just right. Yeah. Um, I like this kind of smooth and free reading. Um, do not bring too much emotional uh, reading. Let listener uh, focus on the content to feel for the poems.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Um, Amy, I was quite struck that um, when I read the poems, they they seem to be both uh, the, this detachment and this extreme emotion and. Uh, feeling at once, did you, was that something that you thought a lot about how to capture in the English, or was it something that just was there quite naturally?
3: Um, I think in some ways, uh, you style is not dissimilar from my own, poetically, Mm. which I mean, I guess is part of the reason you chose me, (laughs) Um, in that uh, something particularly with my last book, Fondue, I I tried to do was... um, Kind of create something quite crystalline and in some ways quite quite mannered, out of kind of um, material, you know, very emotional material. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think um, in used poetry, there's in some ways um, a kind of a, a similar tendency. Um, it's uh, there's something kind of um, evasive and sort of uh, ghostly about the voice and about kind of um, the, the presences, the places um, that she explores in the poems, which I just found completely um, arresting mm-hmm. and exciting, yeah.
1: On the, on the places, <laughs> uh, it's, um, I'm aware that there's two poet, poem sequences in this yeah. collection that yeah, both yeah. touch on Vietnam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but one of them was written well before you, you'd you been to Vietnam, I believe.
2: Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, my poems are basically both uh, imagination and uh, real life. Yeah. As long as I had some contact with me, I can write them in my poems. And you will find that strange images and uh, s- uh, surreal experiences operations often appear in my poems and I'm not satisfied with uh, describing reality. I hope my poetry can go beyond life and fly into outer space. Um, But my poems is closely related to life because life uh, inspired me. Uh, Although I have never been to Vietnam when I uh, wrote, stay these poems. I just uh, have heard uh, heard a lot of stories about there. When I did go to Vietnam, I finished the sleep working this poem. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, and I wonder to what extent that kind of uh Sometimes in the, in the poems, there is that kind of s- spectacular sideways move, like mm. um, in, say, your, your beard is expendable. That's the first line. I, <laughs> I, I remember when I sort of saw that translation, I was like, OK, wow, where are we going with this? <laughs> uh, and I just sort of wondered how, when you're negotiating a translation, and maybe this is something you know, that you did in conjunction with Dave, but yeah. that kind of... Um, how do you cope with that, like, when you, when you don't know where the sense lies or <laughs> where the end of sense is, you know?
3: Um, it was an interesting process working with Dave um, and
0: uh,
3: I suppose I kind of tried to take the poems um, to kind of read them through and read them through and read them through again and kind of take them quite holistically. And rather than translate line by line, word by word, which was you know sort of what Dave was doing, but um, to get a sense of what you was trying to do with the whole poem, and indeed with the whole poem sequence, hmm. um, where I was translating sequences, and um, I guess you know there's been a lot of discussion around translation and the ideas of fidelity sure. um, recently, and um, I'm kind of just waiting for (laughs) someone to kind of um, go through with a red pen and deconstruct all the places, you know, where sort of they would have done something differently. Um, But uh, so, uh, Sophie Collins um, has published some quite interesting um, work on translation recently, and she kind of posits that she prefers the idea of rather than fidelity of intimacy Mm -hmm. in translation with the source text. Um, of rather than um, trying to find kind of the exact equivalent of every word and idea in a different language and cultural context um, of trying to understand in a sort of deeper way um, what is going on. And I think that was very helpful to me as an idea with translating used poetry, um, that it was better to have um, that sense of intimacy in terms of intention and of, of trying to convey what I understood Mm. to be used intention mm. um into english um yeah yeah it <laughs> makes sense
1: but they they definitely feel conveying something very powerful <laughs> to me at least um the the intimacy is a really interesting mm. question because they do feel so close that you feel so in them in mm. the poems yeah. Um, and on the train on the way here yeah, yeah, yeah. We, were d- <laughs> we were discussing how you, you sometimes don't like poets that are overtly political in their work and or you find that that, that can be distracting at times. And I, r- I remember this, you said to ignore politics um, is to punish politics. Mm. <laughs> I wondered if you could tell us a little bit um, about what what makes
2: you write a poem? What guides you there? Yeah, and um, I still have a question about the politics. Um, I don't know. Politics make our uh, world a better place or worse place. Um, pol- uh, politicians have uh, turned our world into a stage of uh, performance. Uh, the ignorance that I mentioned is. Um, in fact, I ignore uh, their performance and not the fate of the human being. Um, in, uh, I don't like pol- politics and it means I don't like performers performers who use politic tools and uh, some writers who de- de- uh, de- correct, de- correct their works with the politi- politics. Uh, in my poetry, I want to pursue is the nature of art, language extreme, and uh, aesthetic innovation. Poetry can't save mankind, but they can accompany us, make us feel like we exist. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's very beautiful, thank you. Um, I suppose I also, uh, so one aspect of the book is that it, it comes with an afterword from uh, Rebecca Tomash, who's a, who's a wonderful poet in her own right and, as, and an academic. Um, and in the, in the afterword, uh, Rebecca Tomash says that this is a poetry that has never not known um, the internet. Never Not Known Social Media. And so I was wondering, um, how you how you felt about how important uh, the internet or social media is to you for creating as well as distributing your your work? Um,
2: In fact, um, the internet is very important to me. Um, My poetry was able to be published um, because an editor and of a poetry magazine who found my poems online and, and uh, made appointment with me uh, when I was 16 years old. Um, the in- internet gives me uh, more freedom. It's not controlled by other powers. Um, and uh, open up the vision of reading um, until now. My latest poetry and have been published uh, on the internet for the first time, um, not magazines or books. That's great. Yeah.
1: Can I invite any questions from the audience? We've got um, we've got a roving mic, so uh, if uh, if you do have a question, then we can we can hear it. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, okay. So, one one here. Don't ask me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Is that working? Yeah. It's probably a silly question, but have you ever tried translating it back again into Chinese? (laughs) It's an interesting thing, you see, this whole business of translation, as you were talking before. You, you, you try to convey the emotion, but wonder what happens if you try and turn it back on itself. You probably never tried, but it's an interesting thought. Um, so the, the question there was, this, this, your poetry uh-huh. has been translated into English, um, but have, have, has anyone ever taken that translation back into Chinese? I think it's quite early in the publication stage. I'm hoping that someone in the room is going to say, yes, uh, I am that person, um, to improve on youth poetry. Um, but I was in a, I was a, a, in a workshop, actually, um, that was uh, given by the Stephen Spender Trust, where they work in schools with translation. And they, they, one of the things that they do to engage uh, students is, take a body of text and put it into Google Translate uh, six times over. (laughs) And by six times over, it looks quite different when you then put it finally back into English. Uh, So that is a fun game if you (laughs) want a game. Uh, There's a gentleman just one row back. One of the um, most noticeable differences between the Chinese language and European languages to me is that Chinese is often much less explicit about things that European languages have to spell out. Mm. For instance, verbs often don't have subjects, whereas we have to have mm. subjects. And
0: I wondered whether the translator um, felt that um, there was a lot of stuff that w- wasn't really there
1: in the Chinese, but you know, had to be thought up and supplied.
3: Mm. Um, Yeah, absolutely, that was something we encountered, Um, as you say. uh, There's a lot that's implied in the Chinese um, that, to kind of aid sense in the English, um, you know, for instance, tense is implied. Um, There are cases where it could be an I, or it could be a we, or it could be a you, um, often in the poems. Um, And uh, those things are sort of implied by context in the Chinese, but we felt the need to pin them down. Um, and I suppose that kind of goes back to what I was saying about fidelity and trying to figure out what kind of the holistic intention of you's poem was, um, and then kind of take that as my starting point when trying to figure out things like tense or form of address. Um, and it was, um, obviously Dave, uh, was in contact with you, so, um when we felt ourselves really unsure, or felt that by taking the decision to turn a poem from um, you know, an implied form of address into you, uh, we, we would ask. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I, sort of <laughs> what I have to say on that. a great question. Uh, do you
1: have any others? Sure. Just too, too? Uh, it's just a quick question about structure in that how there's a certain aesthetic to how poems look on a page, as well as the Mm. content and how they sound. And I'm wondering whether, as part of the translation process, whether you had conversations about how a piece would actually look on the page Mm. as much as how it would sound or how meaning came across.
3: Yeah, um, I, again, I think another reason I was maybe a person chosen was that uh, sort of within my own work, I try and pay a lot of attention to the white space and to the aesthetics of a poem on the page um, and that's something that's quite important to me. Um, so it was interesting kind of applying that to translations um, and there's kind of a, one of the challenges that used poetry presented is that um, it's very compressed, um, her poems are, you know, they convey a lot of meaning in, in a very small space a lot of the time um, and sometimes that meant um, kind of uh, trying to meld ideas that maybe in her poems play out across a few different lines into one line in the English in order to kind of uh, preserve that brevity that I felt was really important. It was important that her poems felt as kind of delicate um, Mm. in the English as they do in the Chinese. So I tried to kind of, um, preserve the overall shape of the poems where possible, but also if there was kind of, um, if there was a case of where I really felt, uh, it was important to sense to have a line break where there wasn't one in Chinese, but it just didn't look right or feel right reading it in English. I added line breaks or broke stanzas up a little, uh, where I felt that, um, it placed kind of emphasis needed on certain ideas or images that I felt kind of I wanted to showcase a bit more.
1: So, yeah. (laughs) There's a lady just at the back of the hall there. Mm
0: -hmm. Hello. Thanks for that. That was so fascinating. And I'm just curious about how the process of translation has maybe fed your own work, Amy, (laughs) whether it came across in your own process of composition, the influence of translating you's work or whether that remains to be seen?
3: Um, It was, uh, it's been kind of because obviously I had my last collection out summer last year and I think after you have a collection out um, or certainly not like I've had all that many but (laughs) um, my experience so far has been kind of after that happens, it's sort of very easy to um, kind of end up in a bit of a rut. A feeling like you're writing the same stuff as was in the last book and you don't want to do that, but nothing new is really happening. Um, So it was kind of like a godsend um, being asked by the PTC to be involved in this um, because uh, it was really nice to have something um, to turn my attention to that felt kind of relevant to my practice as a writer, Um, but in some ways uh, didn't um, have the same kind of um, internal pressure to it in terms of kind of you end up sitting there feeling like your ideas are terrible. And it sort of of appealed to the sort of problem-solving aspects of my personality. Um, It's actually something, uh, this was kind of my first proper experience of translation kind of outside of you know, truncated workshop context, and it's actually something I would now, like, recommend to other poets um, looking for something to do to maybe get out of a rut or a dry patch with their own writing. Just take a poem um, from Spanish or Chinese or any language and try to translate it. um, Because I found it um, incredibly useful in terms of just kind of uh, getting gears clicking into place again in my mind about how lines worked about how moving from ideas to other ideas in poems worked um, and just on a basic level it's been like an absolute privilege to work as closely with Yo's poetry as, as I have um, because I love it <laughs> just on a personal level it's the kind of poetry I want to read um, so to to be instrumental in bringing it to other people is like yeah. <laughs> and just the
1: Thanks a lot, that's great reading. Um, uh, Really, really wonderful lines like uh, the mallow of lamplight and nestled in the moats. I thought it was terrific. Um, I have just a question about lyric address. Uh, In the sequence poems, um, does it stabilize the form, uh, particularly using the U, Um, the sort of dominance of of the U in the sequence poems? And for Amy, does that help the translational process perhaps the way that pronouns are used in those poems?
3: Um, I think, um, again, going back to kind of the idea of intention, um, I got the feeling with, um, so the sequence poems, I think, specifically Stay, you're thinking of. um, And kind of uh, what um, I took from, you know, the the literal translation I got from Dave of that poem was that it felt to me very much um, kind of a a love poem, a sort of almost thwarted love poem, um, but with a very specific kind of a modern context and um, of sort of the ideas of of travel and uh, long-distance relationships. And... um, So in that case, the kind of you as the form of address just kind of came naturally, I suppose. Um, Yeah, I'm not answering this very well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I hope um, having said sort of what I've said about how we felt we needed to kind of add tenses and and forms of address uh, where they were implied in the original or weren't kind of concrete. that the poems kind of still maintain a certain elusiveness. Mm. Um, that was something I definitely, I wanted them to make sense to English readers, but I didn't want them to make too much sense. <laughs> um, because I think for me, the best mm. poetry doesn't <laughs> in some ways. Um, I think, is uh, it unfathomable was the <laughs> word he used in your introduction. Um, so I also tried uh, to make sure I kind of wasn't securing things down too tightly, um, that it could be the you, as in, um, you know, the subject of the poem, the, the the object of love, or it could be you in the much more creepy implication of the reader um, type use. So, mm. yeah, I hope that's partially answered your <laughs> question. <laughs> I think that's why I
1: enjoyed it so much, and now still for the movement
3: and the mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. I, try to maintain that yeah
1: that was great and I think that's bringing us to the end of the end of the event but if you join me just in in saying thank you thank you you so much
0: extend the thanks on behalf of the Lebri Poetry Festival. I'd like to thank you all for coming. I'd like to thank the stewards and the technicians. And I'd really like to thank AK Blakemore for giving voice to these poems in English and for her insights into the work of a poet translator. I'd like to thank Ed for hosting. And I'd like to thank Yo-Yo the opportunity that we've had today to hear <clears throat> excuse me the poems in chinese and to wish her well for the rest of her tour of england thank you